0: In this edition of the Futures Work podcast, Katie and I spoke to Rod Earl, Senior Lecturer at the Open University, to talk about his experiences of being in prison, the foundations of convict criminology, and what he saw as the futures of prison labour in the UK. We opened the conversation by asking Rod about his most recent research.
1: Looking at men's social relations in prison, with a particular focus on race and ethnicity, partly because this had been you know, fairly uh, thoroughly neglected within the prison research, uh,
2: you know, up up to that time. Yeah.
3: And also a very pressing
1: question uh, in terms of the um, disparities uh, amongst the sort of prison population between different uh, racial and ethnic groups. So um, we were very interested in in looking at that uh, the experience um, of prisoners, so uh, uh, of prisoners among prisoners. So we weren't sort of so interested in the sort of, relations with the sort of prison uh, regime, their relation with officers as it were, although that did feature a bit. Uh, And as I conducted the research, you know, it was clear that my understandings, my impressions of uh, prison life, prison experience were always going to be sort of uh, seen with sort of second sight, as it were, because I had been in prison myself as a young man uh, in my twenties, fairly short prison sentence. But the kind of iconic aspects of any prison sentence, which might feature around, you know, cell life, exercise yard, uh, the workshop. Uh, I was getting a kind of a, always sort of slightly troubled by a sense of this being a second view for me. I was sort of there talking to people, uh, men in prison about being in prison. Uh, and in fact, sort of, you know, one of them sort of said, you know, oh, you know, you researchers, you know, you come in, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can never understand it. What you should do, Rod, is get someone who's been in prison do <laughs> your job. And I didn't
2: sort of disclose at that point because it was not something I've ever felt particularly comfortable with in terms
1: of sort of disclosing it as a, a kind of qualification. Uh, certainly, it's more of a disqualification. Um, but uh, after the, the writing up the prison. Uh, research, and that research was sort of ethnographic in uh, in intention and sort of ambition, uh, but questions of sort of full immersion are obviously quite tricky in a prison setting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I found that sort of, I couldn't, I'd have to sort of work to disconnect the two experiences, and it didn't seem, uh, it didn't seem like a good idea to do that, so I tried to sort of work through the sort of connections in a kind of auto-ethnographic way, sort of so connecting my experience of imprisonment sort of 30 years ago with these experiences. So, looking again at questions of
2: how the what, what I was seeing in prison workshops mm-hmm. was
1: similar but also different to the sort of my personal experience of being in a prison workshop, uh, in, in a, a prison, uh, you know, uh, way back when, as it were. Yeah. And that, that kept recurring this sense of everything is really different everything, the kind of the, the essential experience of imprisonment is the same. Uh, so, you know, there were differences, uh, you know, I had no in-cell sanitation in the cell that I was in. Um, and so in-cell sanitation, having a toilet in your cell, mm. is really seen as, as progress that you don't have to swap out a, a bucket full of um, stuff. Um, and uh, yet, the prisoners would say, I have to eat my meals in a toilet,
2: mm. you know. Um, or the, the, so the sense of sort of progress
1: was always sort of qualified with sort of these, these sort of caveats about the kind of um, essential features of a prison sentence. Um, so, so those are the things that I've sort of since um, completing the research, which was focusing on uh, men's ethnic and sort of social identities and social practice in prison. Uh, I've tried to sort of work um, more around this idea of what's called in criminology, sort of convict criminology. So it's the idea of sort of combining first-hand experience of imprisonment with your kind of training as a criminologist to so to bring sort of the, some of the kind of theoretical, historical uh, um, and sort of methodological questions to bear on personal experience as well as sort of you know, third, third-hand experience.
2: Yeah. Um, so that's that's the sort of so that, those that that's sort of
1: I suppose just my particular orientation to to prison research um, and is to try I suppose now to to um, to create um, conversations
2: with people because I'm not the only one. <laughs> there are several <laughs> other people who
1: have uh, this sort of similar double double exposure uh, and, uh, and are trying to develop uh, an academic career. And, um, where, which combines their sort of um, double experience of, of imprisonment, both through prison research and sort of first-hand
3: experience. Mm. So picking up on that, I suppose if we work from backwards, so looking at your history, you said that you know you were in prison yourself. Um, we, did you work within prison? Did you have a job?
1: Yes, uh, and um, it, it's, uh, you know, I had a, a couple of jobs. The basic job was working in what was sort of like they called the paper workshop. And again, my memory of that is just production, very menial, dull production line labour. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and the irony was we were sort of putting together these big brown beige folders. Hmm. And the folders, it turned out, were the folders, because uh, I was in prison in, uh, in Norwich. And in the 1960s, Her Majesty's stationery office was moved out of London to Norwich. And uh, part of the things they print were the, uh, the the forms, the unemployment forms for the Department of Health and Social Security. So I get I was sort of s- s- smart enough to sort of look at this thing here I am in prison. Uh, you know, I was unemployed, and here I am assembling. The forms mm-hmm. that I would use to sign you know that, that would be pushed at me under the under uh, across the desk of the, the signing on office um and so that, that but again it was just like you know very very basic sort of being, I was feeding pieces of paper through a glue roller yeah and then sticking them onto the sort of the, the spine of this folder and then passing it down the line where somebody else would attach an envelope to it and eventually sort of you know about 100 yards down the workshop, you know, the, the finely assembled folder would be, uh, you know, stacked up and, and, and carted off. But my, the work did change. And I suppose that, that's something I've tried to write about a little bit. Because then when I changed cell and these guys I was sharing a cell with, again, slightly incidental information, but that we were sharing three people to a cell made for one person in the Victorian era mm-hmm. um, and uh, with no cell sanitation and what have you. But the they they said to me they were sort of more longer term prisoners. I was doing three months, which you know as they say in the vernacular, a shit and a shave, isn't it? But um, (laughs) you know if um,
0: if you go to uh, uh, you
1: know the longer you spend in prison, the the sort of the the work the labour options uh, proliferate. um, They said to me um, again, you know, usually end up asking what you're in for, as it were, and I was in for printing sort of. inflammatory material uh, that was regarded as an incitement to arson. Uh, I can test that to this day, but um, if um, that's neither here nor there. But the, the issue was that they said, oh, you're a printer. You should come work with us in the book, right? Hmm. Uh, it's a lot better. It's a lot better work, better pay, better rate of pay sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was the atmosphere in that workshop was different. And this relates in some
2: ways to sort of, I guess, your, your field of study, labour relations, because uh,
1: printing, uh, printers were called, you know, the aristocracy of labour. They were sort of craft labour, but industrial labour. Mm. They were producing a product, uh, I won't go into it, but, you know, there's a,
2: a brilliant ethnography of the print industry written by um, Cynthia Coburn, I think. Um, but uh, this, this was sort of, this, this was labour of a different kind. Mm. It had
0: thought of status
1: in various ways, and as again, you know, something, you know, a, a, you know, you, you could take a book in there. And my sister sent me a book in. Uh, it was Maya Angelou's uh, book. Um, uh, I know why the Cage bird sings, which was, mm. was regarded as a bit of a joke amongst my cellmates. I have to say, um, but uh, they they said sort of, um, oh, we could bind that up for you. So they sort of because. Um, the job in the bookbinding workshop was to dismantle books and sort of rebind them with hard covers so they could be taken to the prison library. And in the prison library, they would then sort of last a lot longer. Mm-hmm. So the spines wouldn't break and the, the books could be stored for longer. And so I still, you know, uh, this uh, my cellmate sort of helped me to sort of put these hard, hard covers on, on this book. And it's my sort of one remaining souvenir from that sort of written sentence but it it did seem that the kind of you know the, you were getting more money and you were sort of kind of being skilled up as it were you know you were learning craft skills so there was this, that, that sense of this wasn't menial labor
3: yeah it wasn't
1: it wasn't a skill that you would sort of it wasn't a rehabilitative labor like oh i will emerged from prison as a trained
2: sort of you know qualified bookbinder, but it was it had it had its own rewards in some ways, and mm. it had a
1: better atmosphere in the in the workshop. It wasn't it, it sort of existed in a sort of a, a hierarchy
2: of the prison. So were you, yeah.
0: were you doing it because you were because you you're trying to get around from the, the the drudgery of being in prison, or was it the pay, or was it the experiences, yeah. or or all three? Well,
1: it was one, yeah. one better better, better yes. Yeah, you, you had to be uh, have a certain amount of dexterity as well, a certain sense that you, you were sort of going to take the work seriously. Mm. Uh, but most, and again, I can't sort of speak from a, a, you know, an empirical sort of point of view about prison labor, but um, most prison labor, you know, when, when I went to do the research in the prisons, it was then finding I what are in the workshops and this similarity.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the, the workshops that you know will vary across the country. In
1: the prisons I was researching in Kent, what did we find in one of the workshops? Well, if you've ever wondered how you get that little piece of bubble wrap in the bottom of the fruit punnets that you buy your fruit in in the supermarket, some of them are put in there by prisoners in prison workshops because mm-hmm. you know, a sort of a hundred, you know, stacks and stacks of plastic punnets, and then rows of desks with men working in pairs or in small groups, one of them with a, paint, a, a sort of a glue brush, daubing a bit of glue in the bottom, and the other putting the bubble wrap in the bottom. Once you've done however many thousands of those, you know, you get a certain rate of pay. Um, and that seemed to me almost identical to my job in Norwich prison, yeah. strip, you know, putting a glue strip on a folder, you know, completely, you know, me, menial sort of labour, but it just, and you know, the other thing is
2: about prison workshops, it, it does pass the time, you know, I mean mm-hmm. it puts a structure to the prison day. Um, and that's you know, that's again a recurring sort of dilemma of, of prison time. You know, what do you do with this dead time? You know. So I'm not you your know, your yours
1: is the field of industrial relations and I guess, you know, that's to me I suppose there there's an interesting question. Around you know the the, the 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 most radical
2: critiques of of imprisonment have come you know from Michel Foucault's idea of discipline
1: and punish. This is not about uh, a, a response to um, crime per se. It's about the creation of a certain kind of human being, the mm. industrial labourer, as it were, the need for a certain kind of discipline. That's also the work that's been developed by. Um, um, Massimo Pavarini and um, Dario Melosi and you know their idea of the relation between the factory and the um, and the prison. So what what seems to me interesting in some ways in, in, in contemporary sort of criminology is that these questions, your questions as industrial as uh, uh, sort of labour relations scholars are not being asked about the prison. Mm. And I have uh, I absolutely confessed to not having done that research, but what what was interesting in some respects, returning to prison as a researcher, was seeing another element coming into the, to, partly to the idea of discipline in the creation of a certain kind of, of man, again, a, a particular kind of man, was the sort of focus on social relations. So, uh, young men again that make up uh, a large proportion of the prison population, and there were quite a lot of fathers' workshops. So the idea of creating the right kind of family man mm. seemed to me that something that the prison was now engaged in doing.
0: And again, that, you know,
1: there, are, there are sort of nest, So sorry, I suppose what's interesting is what, for me, you know, what what does the prison do in terms of now in the contemporary arena as the sort of um, you know, industrial sort of level employment tends to vanish, mm. and yet sort of the carceral, um the capacity is increasing. What's what's the work going on in there? Um, you know, and I think those are questions that will be very specific to each country. You know, there's a tendency to sort of defer to the United States and the you know, the carceral nightmare that is the, the United States, uh, but the actual, so the relationship between industrial relations, labour relations, the conceptualization of, of, of what work means, as it were, what work means to particular kinds of men,
3: is something which I think the prison, as a as a sort of um, a lens, is, 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 is worth looking through. Mm. Um, having said that, I haven't looked through it in that way yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well... The policy at the minute, from what I understand, is that the government is introducing these so-called super prisons, um, which will hold workshops that can house up to 800 prisoners at once. And I imagine the work that's going to be undertaken is, like you said, this more menial work, a kind of move away from the craft-related labour, more towards those types of menial jobs. Did that map on to what you yeah. saw when you revisited the prison then, that there was an increasing number of people engaging in this type of menial work away from craft labour?
1: Not, again, I didn't really encounter, you know, the idea of craft labour, and again, the, the idea of sort of like, you know, you know, sort of sort of properly investing your soul in your labour sort of thing, you know, but there was, uh, there was an attempt to sort of... Uh, to to modernise, so there was compute There was a computer workshop, and again, I think there the irony is that kind of you know with uh, the nature of sort of uh, change in that kind of technology. As soon as you've learned it, it's out of date. You know, yeah. you learned in prison with secondhand sort of you know computers provided by some systems on a network that's no longer viable or something. You know, mm-hmm. so there was a, a so, but you could sort of see. And I think there again, there are there are questions around the nature in which you know, immaterial labour, the labour of the, the the intellect, as it were, is seen as something that's much more uh, significant for modern capitalism is is very hard to reproduce within the container of the prison. The prison is more and more a simple warehousing of kind of um,
2: uh, um, it, well, you know, I don't like the term, but sort of dead labour. You know, it, it's it's mean um, it is a tomb of sort of obsolete labor power almost, you know, and that, that seems to me
1: again problematic, as you're saying that, you know, the, the idea to create bigger prisons, more um. bigger prisons,
2: Titan prisons, what the, what the hell is a Titan prison doing in, in the vocabulary? You know, Titan, I remember being you know, a nuclear missile, um, or, a, you know, uh, you know a, 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 a demigod of the Greeks, you know, it's, It's it's an absolutely absurd idea, and against all the sort of um, all the research evidence, which shows that if you want to create this strange numerical figure of the rehabilitated prison, it needs to be small. You know, and there again,
1: I think the idea of—I mean, yeah—so this connects slightly to the idea of education in prison, because sort of you know the idea of investing yourself in your own rehabilitation is something which is part of the mythology of the, you know it's the is the dream image of the prison reformer you know
2: men will make themselves better sort of mm. through their um
1: experience of imprisonment um and education sometimes does work on that level so i think the but again most prison sentences again people probably think you know people are sent to prison for years and years Um, You know, last year, you know, I've got the figures in front of me, uh, you know, 59,000 people were sent to prison. Uh, Of those, uh, you know, 69% had committed a non-violent offence. And almost half of that number, 46%, were sentenced to serve less than six months. Mm -hmm. If you get a six-month sentence, the likelihood is you might do four months. What what are you going to do in four, four months? Yeah. I mean, I did, I did a three-month sentence, and so they put you on the menial, you know, on, the, on, the, on the production line.
3: Yeah. You know?
1: um, so the idea of sort of rehabilitative labour, the prison as a skilled camp, the prison as a college, you know, they're largely absurd fantasies, you know, of mm-hmm. the, you know in, in relation to the actuality of the people sentenced to prison, which is, uh, you know, mainly young men. Uh, and again... Not exclusively, but the majority for non-violent offenses, for which they'll sh- serve a short amount of time. Yeah. So, the, and, and, you know, the, you know the, the, the alarming thing is that prison populations are growing hugely. Uh, and the UK, uh, particularly in England and Wales, Scotland, have very high rates of incarceration. We lock up more than any other country in Europe. And, in, and for longer amounts of time.
2: You know, I mean, it, it's, again, astonishing to think that something, you know, uh, like in, I read this thing in 1968, there was something like 18 people
1: in the prison system serving more than 10 years. Now there are about 18,000. So, you know, there, there's a sort of thing. And, 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 and the, one of the issues in prison now is how to cope with ageing men, yeah. um, men who were, you know. So the, again, there is, a, so there's a there's a fantasy image of the prison as a rehabilitative
2: device. Mm. Um,
1: and so, so and that that does create a, you know, a, an issue because you know, I suppose you have that idea. Labour is a way of occupying your time, mm. a way of making the time pass. But if that, you know, because you know, uh, you know, it sounds daft, I and mean, nobody goes. to you know, prison to get rich you don't you can't do anything in prison that will make you any money you,
2: mm-hmm. it is
1: important what you can earn in the workshops you can you can buy from a, a fairly sort of narrow range of, uh, of of products and stuff like that
0: um so do you think that the kind of the trend towards like increasing privatization and stuff like that in prison is is one of the kind of contributing factors towards ma- ma- making work uh, less as a less as a kind of rehabilitation process, and more and more of just the passing of the time to earn a very little amount of money.
1: Yeah, I, I mean it's again that sense of, of 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 who manages the warehouse. You know, I mean if, if it's a warehouse, and the thing is, it will never be declared. agenda within prisons, uh, you know, from what I understand quite a mixed bag. You have some very good, you know, high performing uh, private prisons mm. and you have some that are not so good. You know, public prisons um, are, you know, are hard for me to think of as a public good in the way that I think of a health service or a um, social services, you know, um Prisons are sort
2: of presented as a kind of a necessity, hmm. uh, but in fact, you know, they are. Um, I, I think, uh,
1: you know, involved in, in in something more insidious in a way. You know, in, in the way in which they are, um, you know, producing the criminal, as it were, uh, rather than um,
2: you know, re- reproducing a certain set of in- of social relations in society. Um, so the idea of sort of pri- private
1: prisons i think are, are um have, have slightly different management management structures i think and, and again there's a there's a you know move within government to devolve greater control to prison governors and budgets uh, to prison uh, particular prisons um and i i mean it I, I can't work up any enthusiasm or What we should be trying to do is, you know, reduce this sort of dependency on, on
3: uh, imprisonment as a a feature of our criminal justice system, mm-hmm. um, or indeed I, of our labour force. Yes, yeah,
1: um, and that, you know, I, I think you know, you, this this idea of what you know, what are you fit for when you come out? Of prison. One of the one of the key, key things around in terms of I think industrial and, and labour relations is the. Um, uh, the difficulty of trying to find work when you have a criminal record mm-hmm. um, and the ways in which that sort of kind of locks you out of a lot of forms of employment, particularly, um, you know, service employment, interpersonal relations. I mean, and there is, I think there is in, interesting work being done, you know, and what, what is the sort of, you know, in terms of, you know, what what kind of docile workforce do we want? And we want a workforce that communicates in the soft skills of inter, you know, into human relations. Now, prison, to an ex- you do learn some of that in prison, but, you know, it's not what you go there for. Um, and it's, um, I think that's, again, one of the interesting sort of questions as to sort of how, um, you know, the kinds of authority relations of imprisonment, you know, will reproduce a kind of, a person or a character who's almost uniquely ill-equipped uh, to fit into the sort of um, service sector employment of sort of, uh, you know, deferential, um, uh, you know, compliant relations. Um, yeah. And the sort of the questions of a certain sort of industrial civility or something.
3: One, I want to just talk a little bit about again, your experience of labour within prison in terms of, you know, payment, like any sort of health and safety protections that you were given or that you were made aware of. Because in the sort of traditional employment relationship, there's a inherent power imbalance between employers and employees. And so labour law introduces specific rights, national minimum wage, health and safety protection... Um, and also employees' ability to collectivise and unionise as a means of kind of addressing that power imbalance. But obviously within the prison, that's a very different system. Number one, the workers are incarcerated, the minimum wage doesn't exist there, so pay levels are very different. There's limited ability to collectivise. So what kind of impact does that have? I mean, do you think that prison labour is coercive in any sense or exploitative would you use that terminology when you're reflecting on prison work
1: yeah i mean you know it's an exceptional state of labour relations in all sorts of ways because yes yeah, as, as you i mean there is a certain amount of choice in you know a very limited sense of what, what can you opt what kind of workshops can you opt into but yeah i think you know those are hugely uh, neglected issues around you know the wages that you're paid you know absolutely negligible uh, in terms of, but again, it's that idea of this is a, um, a kind of like a little ring-fenced economy mm-hmm. uh, uh, organization. Uh, that, you know, Health and safety, the prison has, uh, you know, is answerable to health and safety executive and to its inspection regimes by the Her Majesty's Inspectorate Prisons. But you know how much um, empowerment there is of say of prison labour is 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 almost non-existent. I mean there were there was an effort in the 1970s in the United States, you know, set up prisoner unions. There was a, 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 an attempt here in the um, organisation. Um, uh, I've forgotten its name now. The acronym was sort of it was like sort of protection of the rights of prisoners um, mm. and.
2: Um, I, I think those are, are areas that are certainly worth looking at because
1: they imply a different approach to the reform of the prison regime that in, in terms of what the Norwegian abolitionist thinker Thomas Matheson calls their negative reforms. They are reforms which constrain the capacity of the uh, prison to expand. So the idea of minimum wages now that, mm. uh, and, and, of, and of sort of particular employment rights Um, and and forms of of collective organisation, there is a a very thin layer of that in terms of prisoner councils. Um, But again, part of that relates to the idea of the prison. The prison population is is in a state of perpetual churn. Mm. Mm. That's the idea. People come in, they go out, their drug habit has not been addressed, they come back in again. You know the, the revolving door of the prison. Short sentences, short sentences. So the idea of organisation, and particularly labour organisation, is something that builds over time,
3: Yeah. and over the relations that you build in solidarity and in, mm. in a, you know of being in
1: struggle. Those are things that are very hard to reproduce in the prison in in the prison environment. Mm. Although
2: they're difficult, I,
1: I think they are again ne- neglected by uh, prison reformers and and and, and sort of. You know, as academics, I think you know we, we put, could 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 do more there. But it, it's it's uh, you know the, this, this is a you know it's not a labour force as such. You know, it doesn't exist uh, in in, uh, in in production. I mean, the, the the things that prisons produce can be produced elsewhere, um, uh, even more cheaply probably. You know, mm-hmm. and so there is is a sense of you know what what's the prison work for? If one one of the workshops that I. have was, you know, observing and chatting to prisoners with, was a place where they they, they rip cloths into rags. And those are the rags that you might see in the carpets, you know, those rag roll carpets, or again, sort of recycling of, 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 hmm. of, uh, of materials. So I think that's a problem for people organising prison work. What work can we find? You know, that, that, uh, uh, and what's the expectation? What can it do? Mm-hmm. Um, again with this illusion of, you know, for rehabilitation how will it make these men better more employable
0: because um, so- do you think that like that the actual kind of the prison labour and the way that it's structured at the moment negatively affects those outside of the prison um, by kind of you know essentially non-incarcerated workers on the outside by kind of allowing these private companies to come in and utilise cheap labour so almost and a directed exploitation towards the prison system, which then also affects people outside of the prison system?
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, it, it's more likely to be the case in the United States. We have such a vast prison population, even though we've got a big prison population here, you know, 82, uh, and a half, 83,000 people in prison. um it's, it's still, I don't think it has an impact on that kind of, on, on, on the, you know, the, the um, in, industrial relations in terms of a, a pool of sort of uh, labor. Um, hmm. So I, I don't think that, I mean, I think there was a sort of a, I think there was an attempt to think of that as a reserve army of labor, as it were, hmm. I mean, the, prison, the prison system certainly it uh, do, doesn't work like that uh, as, a, as a reserve army in, in terms of, although there's a sense in which, you know, that, you know, if it's, yeah, I don't think it's it's um, it's going to
2: feature in that kind of uh, way of un, undercutting negotiating power mm, of, of, mm. Of, of industrial unions and stuff. But, you know, again, where, where is the work? You know,
1: um, and where is the labour power in, 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 in contemporary capitalism? It's probably not in manufacturing. I don't know, but um, uh, certainly not in, in, the, in the UK. So the UK prison population is this sort of, you know, I mean, and again, this was a sort of feeling, a feeling that I got when I went to prison in the 1980s. This, 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 this is like a society's ashtray. People's lives are just slowly stubbed out in this kind of strange you know place on the edge of town um, mm. and that that was a feeling again that I got in visiting prisons in Maidstone and in Rochester you
2: know these people don't matter mm. and you know the people they
1: matter to their family are struggling to make them matter to themselves yeah? and uh, and so these and the prison is very good at severing those fragile, social relations that can sustain somebody through through a, uh, you know, a
0: hard line so do, um, do, you, do you think that it also negatively affects certain uh, groups of the pos- uh, prison population more than others because a lot of your research been looking at like race and ethnicity and stuff like that so is there a dispro disproportionate effect on, on certain groups when it comes to, like prison yeah. labor
1: yeah i mean that's the, uh, in prison labor i don't know in terms of the work that you could do because again uh you know the sense in, in uh, I mean we did research in a young men's prison, a young offenders institution for young men aged 18 to 21. That's uh, uh, the sort of top end of the sort of youth sector, as it were. Um, and there, at the time we were doing our research, there were probably there were nearly 3,000 people, young young people in 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 sort of prison. The the rate of incarceration amongst young people has dropped, and it's dropped quite dramatically. From that high point of 3,000 to less than 1,000 now, but that that drop hasn't been equally experienced. So it's and it's it's meant a sharpening, uh, an intensification of the racial disparity. So mm. uh, the youth justice board, sort of um, that manages the youth justice system and the uh, and the secure estate um, uh, for young people, revealed that they are near, nearly 50%, something like 48% of the population in the young men's prison now, which is smaller, but are made up of uh, minority ethnic groups, uh, people from minority ethnic groups. So that, that's a sort of differential. So, and if you look at the sort of the, the graphs of the decline, you see a nice kind of downward sort of, you know, trend amongst the general population. And when it's divided or differentiated by ethnicity, you see the black and minority ethnic line absolutely flatlining no particular decline. So the decline, and in a sense, that's, I suppose, somewhat perversely a sense of, you know, the the, the dividends of whiteness, you know, that that has been a sort of a thing that the the, the white white population uh, uh, amongst the sort of young prisoners has declined, and it has barely done so uh, in terms of black and minority ethnic uh, young men. But um, and in, t- in terms of labor, again, you, you're left with that question of sort of amongst young men, what are you in for? How long are you in for? And the, and, and the, the jobs that will be available will be, depend on the nature and length of your sentence. So you have a lot of young black men now serving very long sentences, under the, uh, some of them under joint enterprise legislation, which was sort of a way... In which convictions for violent offences could be secured uh, through a sort of a kind of tweaking of the the nature of evidence that could be accepted in court, um, and and uh, these are young men facing you know you know monumental uh, sentences.
2: Hmm. They, they will go into the adult estate. Into long-term imprisonment, where the labour relations, you know, the 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 work offered again, it may be different. I I don't know what sort of work options there are in the long-term estate sort of thing. Very few people come out of prison
1: saying, you know, I had a great job.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they they but they do come out sometimes saying, I learned something. Yes, you know, the education thing. So and, and again that yeah you know, that that my my. My worry is that education becomes the new sort of um, sweet wrapping, you know, for the prison. Mm. So the idea that the, you know, again, in, particularly in, the, in, in, in relation to young people, the idea that uh, uh, these should be secure education colleges, you know, I mean, they used to call them bore schools, I suppose, you know, in the nineteen thirties. But um, that's pro- the, you know, the idea that education should be sort of you know the core aim of young
1: people's prisons. Again, I think it's quite sort of fantasy, hmm. uh, but the idea of education in prison is the w- reason it works, I think, where people study, you know, with, with, with the people I work for, the Open University, they take degree courses because they invest themselves in their study, and, and, and you do get going back to what you were saying earlier about power of this is a sense of finding themselves, mm-hmm. finding themselves in another in another sort of, di- not another dimension but another manifestation of themselves that they can create through um, higher
3: education. Well, interestingly, picking up on the education point, so in this blog, um, in this issue of Futures of Work, we've got another blog by Jenna Pandeli, and she's talking about the relationship between education and prison work, and she raises the issue, I don't know if she fully agrees with this point, but that um, the incentive to work and get wages for that work Um distract people from education so they're less likely to engage with education if they can then go into a paid work even if that's quite menial and not necessarily developing um the prisoner yeah. themselves i mean what do you think about that do you think that work kind of will distract the prison population from engaging in further in their education
1: well there's, there's certainly you know you get you don't get paid to do education on the whole in prison. So you sacrifice, it's a sort of salary sacrifice scheme, mm. you know, that you would, to, to do your education. You sacrifice the, the options of working in some of the, you know, the higher uh, waged areas within the, the prison. But, I mean, interestingly, in, in the book um, that we've, I've been working on to sort of um, uh, celebrate the Open University's 50th anniversary and, and to celebrate particularly its work in prison, we sort of went around um, through the uh, Open University sort of department called Students in Secure Environments uh, who managed the sort of delivery of, of uh, the Open University's offering prisons. And, and they, we, we were sort of appealing for people to come to us with your stories of, work, you know, studying with the Open University. We've got a lovely little vignette from a guy who said, you know, he, he titled his thing Prison Choices, taking a degree
2: or packing tea uh, what was he gonna,
1: and he was saying he he describes you know quite eloquently in his his, his little story in the book um, the choices that were open to him again exactly that of sort of you know I have to sacrifice the wages which I can do to buy you know a bit of chocolate or supplement my uh, diet supplement my entertainment options in the prison supplement my capacity to correspond to speak to somebody on the phone so you have to pay for your phone calls. Uh, and you have to pay an incredibly high rate as well. Uh, or does he invest in in his education? And it's again a very powerful account of the way in which he feels he's kind of um you know found himself, and again this this relates very much to what they call in the criminological literature the desistance, this idea of finding a self, an idea of yourself which will take you out of the life that led you into prison one way or another. Uh, and um, so, again, you know, in the book, which um, I'm sorry, I sound like I'm plugging it now, it's called <laughs> D- D- Degrees of Freedom, and it's, it's published by Bristol. <laughs> uh, but, they, you know, it, it, it is full of accounts of these personal journeys through education. And some of them, going back to what you were saying, do tell exactly that story of what was sacrificed to do education. And that's an irony in itself, because, you know, you um, you know, the, if the again that sort of mythical image of the reformed person, the reformed prisoner, the rehabilitative prison—if there's one thing that shows that this can happen, it's in
2: education. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, you know, uh,
1: and, and you know, there are some very powerful accounts of that process in our book from uh, you know people at the OU who worked over the years in in that area. Um, but but it's. Um, it's, it's very sort of limited what it can do. Most people going to prison, as I said earlier, you know, are serving six months or less. They're not going to take a degree course. They won't get access. They won't be eligible mm. to even start a degree course. Um, so what what they're, you know, this, this sense of, well, they, they need, you know, basic literacy, basic maths. Mm. Um, I, you know, I... I despair sometimes thinking of this kind of illusory image that people have of the the prisoner you know and you get these wonderful transformative stories but you know the reality of most people's lives in prison is not going to be one of transformation and revelation and a rediscovery of their potential um it will be you know grinding the time away um and it's um you know, the, the the real issue is to reduce the numbers of people that are sent to prison, to reduce our dependency conceptually on the idea of prison as a response to crime and to the awful things that some people do, um, and to find, you know, better ways uh, uh, of, of, of responding to those difficulties. Yeah. Um, so there is, I think, you know, there, there, there is... Um, there's a lot of different people doing wonderful education work, but there are some, you know, there are some people doing some pretty lousy work in education as well that you know, is patronising, demeaning, full of condescension and, um, uh, and and offers very little in the way of agency and, and uh, enrichment
2: to, to people in prison.
3: Mm. So you've kind of alluded to it there, but in terms of the future um, of prisons and particularly prison work, you know, what do you think that that will look like based on what's happening now? And, you know, what do you think should change, if anything, in terms of prison labor?
1: You know, off the top of my head, sort of supposition, I think it's some, one, one of the biggest issues is, is, is not to think of reforming the prison. You know, a prison centric approach, which is just about the prison, can do virtually nothing. You know, prisons uh, in a national sort of context, you know, should be about reducing our dependence on prisons, so reducing the size of the prison population. And, you know, some, in some countries, in the Netherlands, you know, they're, they're closing prisons. They've even built
2: new prisons and newer prisons, and they're closing them because they're empty. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and we have to ask more searching questions, you know, about why people are sent to prison not what prisons you know how can prisons be made better because if you make better prisons you'll just get more prisons and bigger prisons i think are you know the idea is, is, is
2: just that kind of economies of scale um you know you
1: and you i think just you know probably we shouldn't be asking those questions um I think the idea of you know going back to what you were saying, a dangerous question for the prisoners is is, is how do you empower prisoners in the labour relations of prisons? So yes, questions of remuneration, questions of organisation, self-organisation uh, within prisons, um, prisoners you know rights to a decent uh, you know level of uh, remuneration for their work, uh, the conditions, the breaks that they can take. Um, uh, the conditions they work in. You know, again. You know, you have heat waves. Uh, and, and, you know, I remember there was one in prison when I was there. It wasn't. I can't even remember. You know how hot it got. But like we, we were given a glass of orange juice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, because they knew that people might faint or, or worse. You know. Um, but you know, the, the extension, I guess, of those 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 issues around conditions at work could be part of it. Um, but but the main you know, and, and, you know, most urgent and pressing I- issue is how to stop sending so many people to, to prison and how we think, you know, can think of some other way of, of, uh, of, of responding to those issues because prisons do grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, going back to your question about private, um, uh, you know, private prisons, um, they are, if, if they're made into that kind of market, Think that that's again a symptom of, of, of uh, failure to, to, to think um, through what prison you know does for us and, and to make it into a sort of growth industry seems to me absolutely perverse mm. um, given that they are you know for the most part very uh, you know sad and um, you know places that they are not a, a good reflection on our society
0: yeah. Perhaps then that brings us kind of to to the last question. Then, where you're saying, well, there's a lot of reform that needs to go in about reducing the the prison population, and and like you say, asking these kind of searching questions around how do we actually do that? And from we, uh, reading your work on 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 convict criminology, you place quite a lot of emphasis, obviously, on on your kind of insider perspective and the role as as academics from instead of. Uh, you know, preaching from the balcony, actually getting involved at the barricades. So, what would you say uh, is kind of the role of uh, of academics in trying to uh, ask or, or or attempt to answer some of these searching questions that you've been talking about?
1: I mean, I think. I mean, I guess just speaking, you know, for myself within the sort of convict criminology thing, is it's trying to create alliances and to recognise there may be some value in this approach. You know, so people emerging from prison uh you know with um degrees in social science um now they it seems to me that they should be encouraged supported uh you know to develop uh you know their 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 voice within the academic community so you know i think you said you know the archetypal image of the the prison uh, of the
2: university is the ivory tower Mm. in the sense of it being an exclusive and a, a, a um so i think you know if, if
1: it if prison if, if the university is an ivory tower what's the prison you know hmm. what kind of tower is the prison and and what what kind of connections can there be between the two um and i think that's that is something which is developing in the uk there's probably about half a dozen people you know like myself who sort of identify as combat criminology are sort of you know openly you know um
2: declaring their hand, as it were, in in that having sort of du- dual experience, but it, it, it's
1: not straightforward because, you know, um, sometimes if you've been inside, you need to leave that behind, you know, you don't want to be known as a convict criminologist, you, you want to be known as, you know, uh, an anthropologist, or you want to be known as a, you know, as a scholar in your, in your own right, um, so there's a way in which it can become quite sort of restricting,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but um, I think it's it's it, you know I, the work that we do is in mentoring prisoners, helping them write, develop their sort of you know their, their capacity to publish their work, uh, and and to sort of bring them into the. I think you said something earlier about this idea of you know uh, of, of the the sort of user voice, the voice of experience in in uh, policy change. That's certainly happening. The Prison Reform Trust is is, is uh, actively trying to to recruit and to develop the. Uh, participation of ex-prisoners in the reform, uh, in the policy reform sort of work that they do. And I think that's very, um, uh, a very good move. There's no guarantees as to what it will produce. I think, you know, for, for all sort of scholars, it's a question asking, asking these critical questions, you know, um, not how can we, you know, build better, more beautiful prisons? How can we create better ruins? You know, how can we bring these places down? Um, you know, how can we dismantle the uh, the architecture of, of, of incarceration, not not um, prettify it. Um, yeah. So th- those are things. I mean, you know, it's these these are sort of always questions. You know, and relation between you know reform and, and, and more sort of substantial change. And, and people are doing in good work in, in in all sorts of areas. Um, but um, you know, I think. There's a very moving account at the end of our book, going back to my book, um, <laughs> uh, but, but from this guy who's, uh, who's now the editor of uh, the prison newspaper Inside Time, Erwin uh, James. He's also a journalist at the Guardian newspaper. And he says, you know, when he emerged from prison, or, you know, the later stages of his, his, his prison sentence, when he was being asked, you know, what do you want to, you know, you can take an open university course, what do you want to do, social science? He said, oh, God, no, that's what I've been living. <laughs> you know, so because you know, that, that idea of the, you know the, 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 the micro society of the prison he was like no he wanted to do history humanities literature uh, and I think there is something that I think there's something in that you know that you sociologically you know the the, the kind of imaginations that you can create from the, the, the prison experience are, are, are worthwhile but they shouldn't nec- they shouldn't necessarily be defining or of your academic
3: career Well I'm just about to write a book actually Rod that's looking a little bit at prison labour I'm looking at different types of work that happens in the UK that's not recognised as proper work by the government where people aren't entitled Mm. to rights Um, so I'm looking at four case studies immigration detention centres where detainees work prisoners um, work fair people that claim benefits and work for it um, and community payback, where you work instead of going to prison, um, yeah. but private companies are involved in all of those case studies and they profit from that labor. so I might yeah. get in touch with you for some tips or pointers or <laughs> if you can yeah
1: no it sounds, sounds really interesting. I think it is you know, that that's you know, that's exactly the sort of thing that needs opening up. Mm. You know? I mean what's, what's interesting in some ways it's very difficult to open up that conversation with prisoners themselves you know again, because it's a sort of, partly it's, you know, again, the work I know that's done around sort of prisoner unions, and this is sort of, you know, that idea of collective self-organisation as, you know, or, or of sort of forging some kind of future. Most people just want to get out of prison as quick as they can, and they get out on their own, you know, you don't, you don't sort of, I mean, the only, the only, and there's again a very interesting chapter in the book, you know, by um, Lawrence McKean who's an IRA, hunger striker, who's who's sort of, developed a career as a, a kind of peace campaigner and, 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 and writer and his approach to education and again that is sense of you know the Republican prisoners having a collective self-organized collective identity to resist the prison uh, the prison regime but they are very exceptional sort of cases where you get that sense of and it, you know I think what's interesting in prison is you know there are no there are no sanctioned sort of forms
2: of collectivity Mm-hmm. Except in, in, in terms of sport, and that's a bit iffy as well, mm-hmm. you know, um, or uh, religion, you know. So, again, the huge fear, and again, we wrote a little bit about this around um,
1: in prisons of, of Muslims, is because they, they might organize. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a collective identity, they have ideas of social solidarity, you know, and of, mm-hmm. you know, in like, you know, brotherhood, as it were you know
3: those are absolute anathema to the prison which is all about atomization and individuals yeah um, so it's that that's you know and I think those
1: 4 you know exactly the idea of collective labor power you know is a sort of um you know is it within the, the prison is it like a non sequitur within the prison context you know just how does it how does it follow you know what would it be for and the idea of, but you know again I don't know whether any trade unions have a, a view on that you know in terms of sort of um you know, I mean, there's a great sort of relationship I think between the Open University and Unison. You know, you can you can you can
2: learn about industrial relations, yeah, study yeah, yeah. industrial relations through the Open University. You know, that that would be a nice course to see in prison.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah that's true. Yeah. So, okay. Great,
2: that, great nice talking to you, Rod.
1: To speak to you.